Take something iconic like the all-electric 2024 Fiat 500e. Add something electrica. Bring the swagger. And an Italian icon is remixed and ready to drop with its available premium JBL audio system. Tap the banner to learn more. Fiat is a registered trademark of FCA Group Marketing SPA. Used under license by FCA US LLC. Today is Thursday, March 25th, 2021. On this day in 1988, 18-year-old Lisa Marie Kimmel disappeared. She was found dead just over a week later. However, several people reported that they saw Lisa after the supposed time of her death. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crime, listener discretion is advised. This episode contains descriptions of murder, sexual assault, and rape that some listeners may find offensive. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the disappearance and murder of Lisa Marie Kimmel, sometimes known as Lil Miss. Let's go back to Denver, Colorado on the afternoon of March 25, 1988. There was a pep in 18-year-old Lisa's step as she clocked out of her job as a fast food restaurant manager. She had good reason to be excited. She was taking the next few days off to visit her parents in her hometown of Billings, Montana. To break up the long drive, she was planning on stopping in Wyoming to pick up her boyfriend, Ed Jarek. Lisa got into her car, a Honda CRX SI, and sped home to pack. Anyone she passed would have taken note of Lisa's car. Not only was it sporty and fashionable, it bore a vanity plate reading Lil Miss. Once she got home, Lisa called Ed. It was about four in the afternoon. The two estimated that if she left soon, she would arrive at Ed's place around midnight. Lisa hastily packed her bags and set out on the approximately eight-hour drive to Cody, Wyoming. Conditions were perfect. It was a beautiful day as Lisa set out, and the Colorado sky yielded to a beautiful sunset. But about four hours into her drive, Lisa must have grown restless. After a shift at work and hours in the small car, no doubt her legs were stiff and she was probably anxious to get to Ed's as soon as possible. So she stepped on the accelerator. Around 9 p.m., as Lisa sped down a dark Wyoming highway, flashing lights filled her rearview mirror. She was getting pulled over. She came to a stop and waited for the officer to approach her vehicle. Once Lisa was safely stopped, patrolman Al Lesko approached the car and informed her that she'd been going 88 miles per hour. Lisa graciously accepted the speeding ticket, not looking to get into any more trouble than she was already in. With that, she merged back onto the highway and continued her journey to see Ed. As patrolman Lesko watched her taillights fade into the distance, he had no idea that he was the last verified person who would see Lisa Marie Kimmel alive. Mm -hmm. 
Midnight came and went, and Ed had yet to hear from Lisa. The next morning, he called the police in Wyoming and Colorado and Lisa's parents in Montana looking for information on his girlfriend's whereabouts. Finally, on the evening of March 27th, the Wyoming authorities told Lisa's mom that her daughter got a speeding ticket near Casper the night before. That meant she had made it to Wyoming and was exactly on schedule at the time she was pulled over. Ed and Lisa's parents knew that something had gone wrong. Around the same time Ed and Lisa's parents were trying to figure out what was happening, the residents of Casper saw something unusual, lights coming from the old suspension bridge over the North Platte River. The bridge was rarely used anymore, and it was too early for fishing. Someone was trying to go somewhere they thought they wouldn't be seen. As the week wore on, Ed still hadn't heard from Lisa, and neither had her parents. The outlook was grim. And yet, the Casper police had a glimmer of hope for the young woman. Dozens of witnesses, including several police officers, claimed to have seen Lisa Marie Kimmel driving around Casper and its neighboring counties. But so far, none of these sightings had yielded any tangible leads. Then, on April 2nd, just over a week after Lisa vanished, the story came to a sad close. That day, a fisherman decided to go fishing on the bridge over the North Platte River, but his pleasant Saturday activity was stopped short when he saw a grisly sight on the riverbank. Lisa Marie Kimmel's dead body. Coming up, Lisa's supposed time of death is thrown into question. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from Parcast. When you think of a criminal, do you picture a killer, a gangster, a thief? I bet you didn't think it could be the little old lady down the street who murdered her tenants. Every Wednesday on my series, Female Criminals, meet the unlikeliest of felons, mothers, neighbors, and unsuspecting lovers with a penchant for dangerous behavior. Discover the psychology and motives behind their disturbing crimes and find out where their story stands today. But that's not all. Airing right now on Female Criminals is our special five-part look at the world's most infamous femme fatales, women who were deceptive and deadly, but not always the villain. Catch these episodes and more by following the Spotify original from Parcast, Female Criminals. New episodes premiere weekly. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, back to the story. On March 25, 1988, 18-year-old Lisa Marie Kimmel embarked on what was to be an eight-hour journey from Denver, Colorado, to Cody, Wyoming. But she never reached her destination. 
Just hours after being stopped for speeding outside of Casper, Wyoming, Lisa was savagely killed. Or so the police assumed. When the coroner and Casper County police arrived at the crime scene, they found stab wounds on Lisa's chest, and an autopsy revealed she had suffered trauma to the head, sexual assault, and rape. The young woman had suffered immensely before she died. A quarter mile away, blood matching Lisa's type was found on the old suspension bridge. It was there that the killer had taken her life. But the time of death was hard to determine. Police suspected that she died early on the 26th. Complicating the matter further, police continued to receive reports from people who were certain they had seen Lisa after the police believed she died. On March 26th, Donna Kirkpatrick, the wife of the local sheriff in Buffalo, Wyoming, took special note of Lisa's car. She was interested in the Honda's unique vanity plates and was curious to see the driver. Passing her on the road, Donna later recalled to authorities that the woman behind the wheel absolutely matched Lisa's description. That same day around noon, two witnesses in Buffalo reported seeing Lisa at a 7-Eleven. They saw Lisa's distinct license plates and reported seeing her alone. On March 27th, two days after Lisa disappeared, a woman named Diana Houston was driving through Casper when she saw a vanity plate that caught her eye, Lil Miss. Diana remembered it because it was from Montana, where she was from. At the stoplight, she looked over at the driver. It was a young woman with blonde hair, a dead ringer for Lisa. But if the woman seen by Donna, Diana, and the other two witnesses was Lisa, the police couldn't understand why she hadn't signaled for help. The sightings were never explained, but luckily, Lisa's killer was still brought to justice. 14 years after the murder, the Wyoming DNA database found a match for the evidence collected in the case, a man named Dale Wayne Eaton. Upon searching Eaton's property, the police found Lisa's car buried underground. Authorities determined that Lisa had been held captive there for six days. A jury found Eaton guilty, and he was sentenced to death. His property was awarded to Lisa's parents, who burned it to the ground. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out the Spotify original from Parcast, Solved Murders. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Katie Burris, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Adriana Romero. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 